Welcome to People of Hope, a conversation on finding joy in all things with the pastoral staff of Ignatius House Jesuit Retreat Center in Atlanta, Georgia. Our topic is finding joy in prayer. Prayer is so big in the Ignatian tradition, and we'll talk a little bit more about that, but um, we thought it might be nice to begin with a guided Ignatian contemplation. So I'm going to invite you to um, maybe close your eyes if that's comfortable with you, and I'll offer some prompts to engage um, your memory, something that Ignatius actually talks a lot about, um, and just see what comes into your mind um, as we go through this meditation. So we first rest in the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God who is present with us now and who engages our imagination and our whole being. Using my imagination, I bring myself back to a favorite place, a place where I have felt at peace, maybe a place in my home, a vacation, or a getaway spot. Wherever it is, I remember it. I bring all its goodness and vividness into my mind's eye. How does it feel to be back here? I begin not just visualizing the place, but I notice the sounds I might hear. I pause and imagine what I might be hearing as I return to this place. I notice any other sensations, a breeze against my skin, a scent in the air, even a sense of joy in my heart. I sit in this moment and relish it, recognizing it as a gift from God.
I consider what is moving in my heart right now and what that tells me about God's love and care for me. I may wish to speak a word or two of gratitude to God in these final moments. I take a breath of gratitude and then open my eyes. That was beautiful. Thank you. And much needed after a long day. Uh, we have a three-year-old and one-year-old, almost one-year-old, who kept us up all night last night from a high fever and tremendous irritability. Um, and in the last couple of hours before bedtime, our three-and-a-half-year-old managed to spill milk all over our floor and rice all over our carpet. So we both um, entered into this space a little empty. Um, and just those few moments reminded me of kind of the much-needed how prayer is so vital to survival and, mm -hmm. and to tap into that source of joy when circumstances otherwise don't allow for it. Mm -hmm. The place that I went back to in my memory was actually the place where I first made an eight-day retreat about eight years ago. And I, I was reminded recently before I made that eight-day retreat that my spiritual director at the time, who I saw on a monthly basis and who had been to this retreat center many times and was with delight preparing me for this experience, gave me one piece of advice. And she said, take a good bottle of wine and every night pour yourself a glass and have a glass with Jesus. And it was this great invitation to go into that experience, not with this sense of work or rigor, but to know that I was just going to hang out with Jesus. And I realized the transformation that happens when we allow ourselves to just be with God in that way. At Ignatius House, we're just coming off of a five-day retreat um, that we led last week, and I, I was blessed to accompany a few people on that retreat. And the transformation that I just witnessed—I, you know, I didn't even participate myself. I was on the retreat; I was directing them. Um, the the transformation I saw in them, people reconnecting with this sense of call and conviction about who they are a sense of delight in how Jesus helps them carry their burdens and their stresses. Um, one felt like she was on a date with Jesus all week, just this great sense of companionship. And, I, and I'm always amazed how people come in with a strict agenda and um, desire for how their week will unfold. But a few days in, really let go and hold that lightly and allow the spirit to lead them. Um, and it, it reminded me of a quote I heard recently in one of Bill Berry's books, um, Bill Berry the Jesuit. And he said, the enjoyment of God should be the end, the supreme end of spiritual technique. And it is in the enjoyment of God that we feel not only saved in the evangelical safe sense, but safe. We are conscious of belonging to God and hence we are never alone. It is not our submission God wants, but our spontaneous love and fellowship. 
And I love that, the enjoyment mm-hmm. of God. That's where the glass of wine comes in. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, it is like a date. Rest into <laughs> yeah, you, Rest into that. We don't have an agenda when we yeah, hang out. We right. just want to be with one another. But so often we bring an agenda um, to our prayer and to our relationship with God. And I think then that makes people doubt, am I praying right? Am I praying well? Am I doing this um, good enough? Am, am I making enough time? And I think God just just desires us to delight in that presence. Um, God delights in us. Um, and, and again, Bill Berry says that prayer is just merely a conscious relationship. And when we allow ourselves to be conscious of God's presence, whether we're sitting, having a glass of wine, drinking a cup of coffee, going on a walk outside or a run or sitting with a friend and having lunch, if we are aware of God's presence, that is prayer. And so an invitation to do the things that you love and invite God to be part of that. And, and prayer then can be a great source of joy. And that's not very intimidating. Yeah. I think prayer can be very intimidating mm-hmm. for, for people growing up. I mean, I, I certainly growing up, um, you know, we talk about joy um, in these conversations. And I didn't necessarily see prayers as joy. Like you said, it, it felt more like a chore. Um you know, kind of more being disappointed for not getting what I asked for. You know, that's kind of how I saw prayer. But, you know, as time went on and when I actually got connected with the Jesuits and I had a Jesuit spiritual director and then even made an Ignatian retreat, you know, coming to understand prayer as, um, as just so much more. Um, my spiritual director one time asked me about my dreams. He says, what are your dreams? You know, bring that to prayer. And this was actually, I was in religious life and I was just starting to leave and I uh, went on a retreat, a weekend retreat, and I, I sat and I prayed and kind of just thought, what are my dreams? And I had this image of, of me and my future wife and children having a picnic. Um, I didn't see your face <laughs> specifically in the, in the prayer dream, but, um, but you know, I, I, this, this, this dreaming delighted me. And it's how, it's how Ignatius started with, with daydreaming. Um, and it gave me this deep sense of joy and confidence um, and hope in my future with God. Um, and so, you know, prayer, prayer became this idea of engaging your imagination, which is what we, we began with, you know, and how many of us can, can easily think back to a moment that touched our hearts. Um, Certainly these days with the chaos of our children, I'm often going back to mm-hmm. our honeymoon on the beach, <laughs> just like, you know, yearning for that moment and just that rest. But it was a sacred moment. Um, you know, many of us can return to those sacred moments. Um, you know, some, some folks struggle with their imagination. Um, you know, as, as children, our imagination is just so natural to engage. Um, it's our first nature, you know, it's inherent, it's God given. And children know that. And Ignatius knew that, right? Ignatius knew that God could use our imagination, use anything to communicate with us. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, we're certainly come from the place of having young children, a a one-year-old, almost one-year-old and a three-year-old. And, you know, I realized that at some point in our adulthood, we lose our imaginational dexterity. And, um, you know, and so if I'm directing somebody on retreat or someone in spiritual direction, and I suggest praying with a gospel passage uh, using 
you know, their imagination and kind of entering into the scene and, and interacting with the characters, there's some resistance sometimes. I think there's a fear that, you know, am I editing God's word? Am I editing the story? Um, so there can be some fear there, but, you know, as, as those who are Ignatian trained who knows the story of Ignatius, we go back to the story of Ignatius convalescing in, in bed after a battle wound, and he let his imagination get carried away. He was reading about the life of Christ. And so he, um, you know, he, he imagined, he was a soldier, he imagined being a soldier alongside Christ, you know, toiling with him, journeying with him, helping people with him, being a disciple, you know, that his story, and maybe that's a great definition of prayer, is when our story and God's story come together and meet. You know, that's, that's kind of part of discipleship. Um, and for those who may still feel uncomfortable with sort of using your imagination, we tend to think of that as visual. But think of a time when you were just reading scripture and there was a word or a phrase that stood out to you, or you have a moment in mass where your heart is stirred. Um, those are all, those are all um, you know, extensions of, of our imagination, right? Ignatius didn't put a limit on God using our bodies, our feelings, our emotions to, uh, to engage with us, to speak to our hearts. Yeah, I like that um, definition of our story merging with God's story and just the intimacy that then can come from that, that we're on this journey together and you know me, our stories, our lives are intertwined. And one of my favorite um, Ignatian contemplation experiences was on another retreat I did, a five-day. And um, I, I wasn't as well-versed in Ignatian prayer at that point. And Jesus had always been kind of a block for me. <laughs> when it came to scripture, I was much more a spirit girl in my early days of prayer and spirituality. Um, but I was given the passage of the calling of the first disciples in John, when the disciples follow Jesus. And you know, he asked them, what are you looking for? Where are you staying? They don't know how to respond to him. And he just invites them, come and you will see. And then my favorite line in that passage that really stood out to me that week was, and they spent the day with him. And so I just allowed my imagination to go with that and really wondered, what would that look like to spend a day with Jesus? And so I was, you know, an additional disciple with the two that were in the story. And we went back to um, the place where Jesus was staying. And I like food. I like conversation around the table. So we basically stayed put the rest of the day and we're just talking and, and sharing and food and wine. And um, I am deeply introverted. And so I can get lost um, in a crowd or in a group. I'm often the quieter one and don't have as much to share. But in my prayer, even though I wasn't necessarily talking at the table and getting to know Jesus in that way, Jesus kept making eye contact with me throughout that afternoon. And he kept yeah, making me known just through that loving glance that he knew what was going on in my head and my heart. And I just felt safe. Mm -hmm. And it was this invitation that I had never felt in scripture before in my relationship with Jesus. And this sense of joy that can only come from being known, from being seen, um, from being loved, even without words. 
Um, and my prayer unfolded that week after that experience of feeling safe with Jesus. And a, a couple of days later, my director gave me the passage of the multiplication of loaves and fishes. And um, I spent probably about 45 minutes with that passage. And it wasn't until about 40 minutes in when I imagined that, um, you know, the crowds that Jesus was feeding were turned into this big picnic in the field. And as they were passing around, the disciples were passing around the fishes and the bread, Jesus was also wandering around and going from family to family on these different picnic blankets. And he started taking some of the extra fishes and juggling them in the air. And the kids were just laughing and enjoying themselves. But again, across the field of thousands of people, Jesus made eye contact with me and made me aware that he knew my presence was there. Um, and so I saw this playful side of Jesus who wanted to delight in this party. You know, it was no longer just a, a miracle. It was a party, a miraculous party, but that he knew each person there and he knew specifically me. Um, mm. Yeah. I remember you telling me that when you got back from retreat. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I think prayer, right? Prayer is about relationship. We often think in Catholic circles, we often talk about prayer as a conversation, but it's so much more than that, right? It, it's really relationship. Um, and, you know, so I think prayer should have that joy and playfulness that you would have in any close, intimate relationship, mm-hmm. uh, that delight. Um, and so we can imagine being friends with Jesus. And what would we do if we hung out with Jesus and um, our, uh, often before bed, um, our, our three-year-old, we tell her imagination stories. And um, one of the things that I've done lately is, uh, and she's, she's, we've read her some of the stories of Jesus's ministry, um, but I engage her imagination. Imagine you and Jesus are friends and you're hanging out and maybe you're having lunch and, you know, what happens? Um, you know, maybe uh, you have some extra food and Jesus says, I have a friend who's hungry and you go out and you meet this friend and you have some conversation. And, and it's our daughter, Eva, it's just really amazing the way she engages with these stories, right? They're not from scripture, but they're scriptural, right? They're, they're, they're the gospel because um, it's, the, it's, it's where her story and Jesus's story are meeting, um, and God is, God is touching her through that. And I imagine God is just delighting in that way that God is spending time with Eva, just as Eva in her imaginations getting this delight. She once went bowling with Jesus. Too, so. <laughs> she often asks Casey for chocolate milk <laughs> yeah, with Jesus. Yeah. But I do, yeah, yeah, I love her openness and that it, it doesn't seem weird for her to yeah. imagine these things with Jesus. Um, and I think she is such a reminder for us of just the openness to life and experience that you need in spirituality. Spirituality is about opening yourself to the potency of God in everything. And so it's not just in the imagination and, um, you know, really seeing yourself with Jesus. It's seeing God in everything, which is a tenant of Ignatian spirituality. And so the way that she... the incarnational way that mm-hmm. she approaches the world, whether it's jumping in puddles or, you know, squeezing the bubbles from packaging or, um, you know, our one-year-old wanting to put everything in his <laughs> mouth. It, it always reminds me of how 
tactile our faith is too. I mean, we're, we're Catholic. And so just walking into a church, dipping your hand in holy water, smelling incense and oils and tasting the bread and the wine, um, it is a tactile incarnational faith um, that we often lose sight of, but those things bring joy. And, and those are things that we've really missed in these months being away from church. And so we've um, we've tried to incorporate them still in our own life and prayer at home. When we're streaming mass, we have bread on our table just so Eva can see it and recognize that connection between the food that we eat. And every time we gather around the table, we're celebrating the life and the mystery of Jesus and all that we do. Sarah's leading a retreat this weekend called Lord Teach Me to Pray. So she's been thinking a lot about mm. prayer in the last, uh, last several days. Um, what do you think, uh, when the disciples asked Jesus, teach us to pray, and obviously he showed the Our Father, but what, what do you imagine his answer mm -hmm. to be? Well, since I've been thinking about this, mm -hmm. I actually want to answer what, what prompted them to ask, Lord, teach mm -hmm. us to pray. And so the Lord's Prayer is offered to us in two different Gospels. One is in... Um, Matthew in the midst of the Sermon on the Mount. So it's, yeah, in the middle of that long um, sermon that Jesus gives on many different teachings. But the other um, gospel that he offers the Our Father is in the Gospel of Luke. And the disciples ask him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples, after seeing Jesus himself go off and pray. And for me, that was just such a mm. powerful reminder that People who pray and who find that sense of companionship and joy, they show that. You know, like I can think of people in my life that I admire for their relationship with God because there is this sense of groundedness and this sense of peace. Um, and so then, yeah, he gives them the words, our Father, I think as a sense of communal prayer um, to, for them to, to pray together. I think because community is such a touchstone for us, a mirror, you know, when we're falling short of who God calls us to be, community can ground us and help us to, to become better. We are a little community, our family, and we call each other to be better. Um, but the basic elements in the Lord's Prayer are the need for um, you know, leadership and guidance, our father, recognizing God as this um, parental figure who loves and cares for us, the need for sustenance, that prayer really is, as I mentioned in the beginning, vital for survival when you're having a hard day or when circumstances in your life um, make life hard. And then the need when life is hard for forgiveness. Um, yeah, I think these are just, the Lord's prayer meets us in our basic needs of food, forgiveness mm -hmm. community um and our, touches those give us our daily bread our yeah the, yeah, the sustenance mm -hmm. um you know i feel like we would be remiss to not talk about the examine mm -hmm. <laughs> uh you know and um I, this is not a parenting conversation but here we are as parents really drawing from the places where god is meeting us and um you know we we try to at least each night with our with our daughter to kind of talk about what she did today and name those those places of gratitude um but i think that's kind of the incarnational nature uh or certainly perspective of ignatian prayer is that 
Prayer is not a sending, sending up words to an abstract God, you know. Um, Ignatian, certainly I think Ignatius, the way we understand it, understands prayer as the allowing our whole being to be immersed in God and that God is present here and now, not, not distant, but here and now in the context of our everyday life and emotions and experiences and desires and so on. So there really is this deep intimacy mm -hmm. um, that you you get with Jesus and his disciples. Mm -hmm. You know, and I love the I, I love the image of, um, of of the beloved disciple, which uh, you know, Da Vinci um, shows you know reclining, or even it's in scripture, it's reclining on Jesus at table. You know, and how. Um, just how intimate, you know, I mean, it's an image that we don't really talk a lot about, but that just bond of, of friendship. Yeah, and to go back to the examine that we do with Eva each night, she doesn't know it's the examine, but our entryway into that prayer and that reflection from the day is to simply ask her, what's something that made you happy today? And what's what's so sweet about it is usually when she remembers it, it usually first has to do with food. I ate a popsicle, but then we encourage her to think of an experience. Um, but she usually then wants to relive it again by telling us about it. Um, so today, her thing that she was grateful about was this walk that she did with her babysitter. Um, and she really loved it, and she told me where they went. And that reminds me how you, how you remembered my prayer experiences from mm -hmm. that five-day retreat. Um, and I, because I wanted to share them with you. And I think that's such... Um, an affirmation that those that prayer is a source of joy because joy longs to be shared um, it just bubbles out of us um, and so when you when you tap into that well that source of joy you do want to share that and I, and I heard that from my directees from the five-day retreat at the end they said you know how how can I express all that's happened here and invite my friends there's just this desire to share experiences of joy and let it ripple out and what a gift that is even the word remember right to remember to bring together again to to manifest again this this encounter with with god um we got a comment from from molly uh who's doing the um spring hill uh spiritual direction program and yeah, she talks talks about this um, idea of prayer as God gazing on us, and that's actually often how we in Ignatian and Jesuit circles tend to start prayer, and it's kind of how we began of recognizing the presence of God already here, just resting in that reality that God is looking upon us with love, and this idea of God's gaze. I find that if we that could be our prayer. If we allow ourselves to look through God's eyes, to see through God's gaze at the world, at people we have a hard time with, um, I think we're going to find ourselves a lot more compassionate and free. And I think that is one of the gifts of prayer, um, certainly the examine, I think, is moving us to a greater spiritual freedom mm -hmm. in God. Yeah, and I certainly see... God's gaze is helping me be more compassionate to myself. Um, and that's been something I've had to rest in so much during this pandemic when I beat myself up at the end of the day for how I lost my temper or patience with the kiddos. 
um, when I can go back to prayer and see God's look of love on me, I know that it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and behold, I make all things new in the morning. <laughs> so we have a, we, you, you mentioned, we just, you just came off of a, <clears throat> a five night retreat uh, at Ignatius house. And we have another um, opportunity for folks to, to get away for an extended stay or retreat for uh, starting on August 3rd. You can come for a few days, five days, you know, um, can, can you talk a little bit about for those who haven't gone on an individually directed retreat? Because a lot of our retreats, there are, there are talks uh, that you go to um, in the midst of the silence and you have your own prayer between. But can you explain just briefly mm-hmm. about yeah. an individually directed well, retreat? Well, as one of my directees said last week, the only word I can use to describe this experience is luxurious. And I really do feel like mm-hmm. that was a good word to capture it because it's just this expansive time for you and God. Um, as Annie said, there's not scheduled group uh, talks where you all go and attend together. You just meet one-on-one with a spiritual director once a day for about 30 to 40 minutes. Um, There's mass every day. Uh, We offer a reconciliation service midweek, but then outside of that meeting with your director, there are three delicious meals a day and then just ample time for you to enjoy with God and to really sink into the joy that can come. And I, I just, it's hard to articulate how transformative it can be. And I, I know that it always is on every five day that I direct, but I think I was particularly aware of how much people needed it last week, just because of the strange reality that we're still in um, with COVID-19 and how people need a space to process it. Um, and that, again, prayer, I think, is vital for mm-hmm for our well-being um, and for us to tap into a place of joy um, there's no agenda no, no agenda. agenda that's the <laughs> prayer yeah we i think we tend to overcomplicate prayer a little bit and uh our director executive director maria um i like how she talked about talked about retreats as the original social distancing because you go there specifically to be on your own and to stay away from other people and to keep silent and to just create that space for for just you and God. So, mm-hmm. thank you. And we always have coffee available. So <laughs> if you don't bring a bottle of wine, you can have a cup of coffee with Jesus in yes, the morning. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you all for uh, for joining us this evening. Um, you can join us live every third Thursday of each month at 7.30 p.m. Um, and be sure to follow us on Facebook for updates and to access our live stream. Our next conversation is going to be on August 20th. Um, And we sure hope you can join us then. In the meantime, um, visit us at ignatiushouse.org to learn about how you can join us on retreat. Be well and have a good night. Thanks for listening. Learn more about Ignatius House by visiting us at ignatiushouse.org or following us on social media. And be sure to subscribe to this wherever you listen to podcasts. May the blessing of God be with you always.